This is In the Zone, your home for Salina Sports Talk. High school sports, Kansas Wesleyan and Bethany, KU, K-State, and Wichita State. Wait, is there anything these guys don't cover? You're in the zone. What's going on? Welcome into another edition of In the Zone here on Sports Radio 1150 KSAL on a fantastic albeit very warm Friday here in our area. Temperatures expected, oh boy, near 100 degrees. So a perfect evening now as things start to slightly cool off and the sun starts to slightly go down. Grab a drink, relax, kick your feet up. It's the end of the work week and we've got a lot to get to today. If you missed it, two days ago, Wichita State named a brand new athletics director. Uh, and President Rick Muma announced the hiring of Kevin Saul, who is a Kansas native, but he has been the athletics director at Murray State University for the last two years, and he will take over the reins here uh, in mid-July. His role as director of athletics, um, he will report to Muma, of course, and he's going to be responsible for managing and planning and directing all of the intercollegiate athletics programs overseeing you know hirings and firings of coaches and the direction of all pre- uh, projects and things like that he'll also be responsible for managing the oversight of fundraising and partnerships marketing pr all the you know behind the scenes not so exciting and fun stuff that uh, 80s do that maybe not a lot of people know that they actually do but uh Sounds like Wichita State got a great guy here. Uh, before going to Murray State, Saul spent 12 years at the University of Kentucky where he was um, in various roles. He was executive associate director of athletics. He worked under the leadership of their AD, Mitch Barnhart. Uh, his experience there led him into uh, all the capital projects and facilities and construction and the budget and human resources management. I mean, this man did a ton of different roles at Kentucky, which obviously is a high-level academic and athletics institution in the SEC. So he got a ton of great experience. And then he helped lead the athletics department at Murray State, who's had tons of of success here recently, especially on the basketball court, which is massive for Wichita State. So it seems like they've got a guy who knows what it takes to kind of help the rest of the athletics department, specifically basketball, uh, finding a lot of success. And that, as we know, is very, very important to, uh, to Wichita State University. But just a little bit more background on Saul. He's 44 years old, so that's a relatively young guy for a role like this, but it shows he's kind of a go-getter, and he's he's worked in a lot of different facets. He worked at K-State for five years in the early 2000s. Uh, he was an in- event coordinator and had administrative responsibilities there, and he also helped men's and women's golf and rowing, and then after that, he was the director of operations at UMKC, and then he's worked with Arkansas and of obviously Kentucky and then in uh, Murray State, but he's a native of Kansas, uh, the state of Kansas, which is really exciting. Um, and and I think that this is a, a kind of a, a marquee job for a guy like uh, Kevin Saul, and I, I really do believe that's important for a role like Wichita State's athletics director. You don't want in this juncture, you don't want an AD who's coming in to 
use it as a stepping stone. You want a guy who, who sees it for what it is, which is a, a great opportunity to be one of the premier, you know, power six basketball schools in the country. I mean, Wichita State has this proud tradition in a great market and great fan base. I mean, this is a huge opportunity with the way that college athletics landscape is changing. If Wichita State can elevate its basketball just a little bit and elevate the rest of the sports around it to kind of make it a little more desirable, maybe, just maybe, Wichita State can take a jump to a bigger conference, you know, maybe, maybe to the the big east or or somewhere in in the middle of america that's a bigger conference than what now the american looks to be moving forward because the big 12 is poaching a few members a few of the better members of the aac so that leaves wichita state in a really important spot they need success they need it now and they need it all over the place everywhere from athletic success to to fundraising to support and, and everything that goes with it so they need a big guy that can can take the reins and succeed immediately. And so hopefully Kevin Saul will be the guy to do that. Wichita State uh, looked all over the country, obviously, for for the next athletics director of the Shockers. And they had a great um, search process and a great um, search advisory group, which included Angela Buckner, which was a former Wichita State women's basketball student athlete, um, Lynn Nichols, which is the chair-elect of the WSU Foundation Board and the CEO of Yingling Aviation, Nate Robertson, who is a former Shocker baseball player, uh, and Maze, which is a Wichita suburb resident, uh, also John Rolfe, which is a Wichita State alumnus and the president and CEO of Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce, and then a couple of others as well. So a very important group of people that had to put this together to find the right guy, and, and it sounds like they knocked it out of the park with Kevin Saul. We'll have a little bit of audio from his introductory press conference, which was earlier this afternoon. So, uh, you know what? Why don't we get into that right now? Here is a snippet from the introductory press conference of Kevin Saul, the new athletics director at Wichita State University. Wow, it's great to be home. Thank you all so much for being here. <clears throat> Uh, we will always practice uh, exhibit gratitude uh, in our program, so I think it's only appropriate to say a few uh, words of thank you um, to President Muma uh, for your trust and confidence in myself and our family. Um, this is a great responsibility, and uh, we are so appreciative for the opportunity to lead Shocker Athletics. Um, to the advisory committee, thank you all so much and thank you for being here. I've enjoyed spending uh, some time thinking about and preparing for our conversations and the passion with which uh, our former uh, student athletes uh, hold this institution and our athletics department is admirable. And uh, I know that we will have great partnerships as we move forward. So thank you so much to the advisory committee. Um, also just numerous individuals who have played a key role uh, in our transition here over the last 48 hours. Uh, Misha, Jacob Warren, uh, Deputy General Counsel, Zach Gearhart, uh, Shelmy, Shelley Coleman, Martins, um, Lainey, Missoula Hart, uh, Ms. Dr. King, and many others who have been behind the scenes uh, transitioning. Very appreciative for that time. Uh, Interim Director of Athletics, uh, Sarah 
Adams, just thank you so much for your leadership. We had an opportunity to spend uh, 20 minutes together, and it was a very fast download, and I look forward to, to more of those. Uh, but I appreciate your leadership uh, during the transition. I would be remiss if I didn't take an opportunity to, uh, to thank my wife, Jennifer, and um, I'll move quickly through that because uh, this tends to be an emotional time. We think of through uh, 23 years that we have ventured through college athletics and she's made tremendous sacrifices uh, for, for myself and my family. Our two sons, Jacob and Alex, who are currently in Murray, uh, fulfilling work obligations, so we're proud of that. Uh, they wanted to be here. Our youngest, Alex, is 20 years old, and our, our oldest, uh, Jacob, is 22. And uh, they certainly look forward to, to getting here and spending some time. I've had an opportunity to be mentored by some incredible people. Uh, Mitch Barnhart, Rob Mullins, Dwayne Peavy, I rely on these folks daily, and they've taught me so much through the journey. Uh, impactful coaches that we've worked through, uh, through and with uh, through many stops and just incredibly appreciative of those folks. I want to thank Dr. Bob Jackson and his wife Karen for their support throughout this process in the last three and a half years at Murray. As you all know, we grew up in the state of Kansas and it is really good to be home. My father served as a uh, psychology professor my mother was an advisor in the College of Arts and Sciences, so we, our life was higher education, hearing stories about students and the development of young people. And I'm thrilled to be able to do that uh, today. My family taught that honesty, transparency, hard work, and ethical conduct were critical to how we operate uh, our business. And our athletics program will do that uh, the shocker way. And we spent time with President Muma, uh, and the advisory committee talking about specifically what the shocker way involves. First and foremost, it is a set of core values that we are going to be about. It's gonna be who we are, uh, and that is character, integrity, knowledge, and stewardship. And we'll get into great detail in terms of what those mean and how they apply to our student athletes and our coaches and our staff as we work through their development. Critically important to who we are. The second piece of uh, the shocker way is as we develop our student athletes, okay? We're going to develop our student athletes in four different areas as a student, a person, a player, and a professional. At the end of the day for us, the finish line is not just graduation. A remarkable accomplishment, it's what we push for, but our objective in athletics will be to push for employment uh, and full-time jobs. And that for us is the win uh, as we develop our young people in those four areas. The last piece is competitive excellence. Uh, the American Athletic Conference, um, our pathway to, to excellence is championships. We're going to take a deep dive into every single one of our 15 sports programs. We're gonna gain a collective understanding of the gaps between our current state in each program and a championship state. Uh, it's important for us to understand what that pathway looks like uh, and what those key metrics are for us to achieve championships. We're going to match resources to expectations um, as we journey that path. I want to take a moment to recognize Coach Steve Rainbolt and his staff, uh, student athletes on the uh, American Athletic Conference Men's Outdoor Track and Field Championship. A tremendous honor if we would give them a round of applause. Another aspect of competitive excellence is our uh, participation in the NCAA tournament. And not just participation, but deep runs in the NCAA tournament. Uh, 
Our objective will be to consistently place in the top 100 of the NACTA Learfield National Directors Cup. Over the last 10 years, the Shockers have averaged 130 out of 358 Division I institutions. Our goal will be to get in the top 100 and then progress from there. I want to uh, reach out and, and obviously honor Coach Christy Breadbenner, uh, the student athletes and staff of our softball program for their participation in the NCAA tournament in the Fayetteville, Arkansas Regional. Uh, we're just very pleased with, with where that program is going and uh, had an opportunity to connect with Coach yesterday uh, and talk a little bit about her vision. And I look forward to, to working with her. So a round of applause for our softball student athletes, please. The last piece I want to talk about is our commitments. Commit to our student athletes that we will create a scenario that represents the best four years of your life. We owe you that transformative first class experience. I cannot wait to get to know our student athletes. Uh, we're going to create, Jennifer and I and our team, our staff are going to create a warm, inclusive, transparent and hardworking service-oriented environment for our student athletes. You will hear us talk about 15-1 opportunities. From our perspective, we have 15 sports programs, but we are one team together. And goals competitively to, to place in the top 100 from a Director's Cup, to continue our 34 semester streak of a 3.0 GPA or better, those are collective goals. Um, and you will hear us talk about those 15-1 opportunities and goals often commit to our coaches and staff that this will be a dynamic culture and a family environment. We love having kids and families in and around the offices and our competitive venues. That will be welcome as a part of our family culture. We will regularly invite teams, coaches, administrators, supporters, donors to our home um, so that we can celebrate and continue to develop Shocker Athletics through that fellowship. Commit to our season ticket holders uh, that we will redefine our game production and our in-venue experience. We need you. We need you in our facilities. Our student athletes need your support, and that is critical to what we do. To our donors and supporters, we will be the most visible, accessible athletics program in Wichita State University history as we fundraise, develop relationships. We want to clearly define a wide variety of giving pathways and be very transparent with where we are and where we're headed. We look forward to partnering with so many folks as we fuel the mission here and align championship level aspirations with unparalleled resource uh, development and support. To the media, thank you so much for being here and covering uh, Shocker Athletics. Uh, we appreciate your time because you are an essential part of this process as we grow uh, the program. So thank you for that. The Saul family is excited to join Shocker Nation. We're thrilled to call Wichita, Kansas home, and we cannot wait to get started. Again, that was the new athletics director at Wichita State University, Kevin Saul. Uh, I really, really did enjoy what he had to say there. I mean, there's only so much you can say kind of in your opening remarks for a job like this. Uh, but he talked about uh, always showing gratitude, and I think that's really important in the business of, of sports and, and college athletics, especially at a high level, because it takes a lot of people to get where you want to go in all sports and in support and in finances and everything. So gratitude is obviously very important. Then he talked about uh, those four pillars that they have, and, and it seems like he's got 
a plan and a mission. And I think that's what Wichita State needs right now. As I said before we listened to his, his remarks, Wichita State is in a very, very pivotal time in their athletics program right now because the future of the American Athletic Conference is very unknown because of what the Big 12 has pulled in in UCF and Cincinnati and Houston. So there is an opportunity for Wichita State to kind of take the reins in that league, elevate themselves in all athletics as a university and potentially make a jump forward themselves. This is a very important hire for Wichita State Athletics. And I think if you can base things off of opening remarks, I mean, I think he won the press conference. You always talk about winning and losing in press conferences, but I think Kevin Saul really impressed uh, with with some of his, his opening remarks. And obviously being a Kansas native, like he knows what Wichita State has right here uh, in a, a rabid fan base, an alumni core that is very passionate as well and a uh, very successful tradition in a lot of sports, not just basketball on the men's side, but softball has been spectacular re- recently. Baseball has a really proud tradition and they're trying to get that back to a high level as well. So if they can elevate themselves all around, hey, there should be some really exciting things down the pipe for the Shockers, and I think that uh, Kevin Saul is a really nice hire for Wichita State, so it'll be exciting to see how that progresses in the future. We need to get to our first break on the show today, uh, but when we come back, we've got more audio for you. As uh, you know, most Fridays happen, there's some Andy Reid sound for us as uh, he meets with the media most Thursday afternoons, so we like to play it on Fridays. So we will hear from Andy Reid, the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs in segment two. Coming up right after this, you're listening to In the Zone on Sports Radio 1150 KSAL. on Sports Radio 1150 KSAL 106.7 on your FM dial for this Friday and as you know on this show Fridays mean some Chiefs audio we've got some more Andy Reid sound for you he meets with the media each Thursday throughout OTAs and many camps and um, he's got a lot to to get to today this one actually one of his longer meetings with the press than than typically about uh, 11 minutes of Andy Reid audio. So uh, without further ado, here is Big Red in yesterday's media availability in Kansas City. All right, um, guys finished up today. Did a nice job, we had a little conditioning thing that they did today and they did a nice job with it. And uh, now they've got some time off and then uh, they'll be back and ready to hit, hit camp. Um, it looks like the team's in, in good shape now. It'll be important that they even ramp it up a little bit more uh, for the for the long haul of the season. So, anyways, with that time, time's yours. Is, that, is the conditioning test still the same? I mean, I think it was like 15 half gassers before. Has it changed over the years? Or yeah, it's a little bit less than that now. Yeah, yeah, not much, but it's a little bit. <laughs> for you and I, it's a lot. <laughs> huh? Coach, over the past month, you've, you've had an opportunity to take a really good look at Jerron Christian and, and Roderick Johnson. 
what are your impressions of them so far, uh, and what's your expectations for them in training camp? Uh, well, we'll see. We'll just see how everything goes. I'm, I'm looking that with all the new guys. Let's see how how they handle the the whole hall there. Um, but uh, listen, we're glad they're on board. Right. On the roster itself, Jarek McKinnon, the decision to bring him back. What what went behind that to bring him back, even with this crowded backfield? Yeah, so you can't have enough running backs. Um, I think. We, we know that, and in particular, experienced ones. So we felt like he still had juice left, which is important when he gets when, when you're dealing with veteran players, especially at that position. Uh, he's very intelligent. He's great in the pass game, part of it, uh, pick, pickups and so on. And he's a good runner. So um, uh, it's good to get him. And he's he's a very good leader. Uh, he brings uh, brings that with him too. So uh, it's good to have him back back in the mix. I'll be competitive, though. I think Brett's done a real nice job. Um, even mentioned the guys you mentioned, just bringing in competition. And that'll help us down the road uh, become even a better football team. Andy, uh, Ronald had mentioned that the guys are still going to go down to Texas, potentially during the off time. I know they've done a lot of stuff here, but how do you feel that's progressing, just the togetherness of all these new guys coming together as you end camp here and meet up for St. Joe's? Yeah, no, I think it's, I, listen, I think it's great. I, they handle it the right way, which is important. Um, they, they obviously got work done because when they came back, they, <clears throat> they were in good shape and they, um, you know, they also had the routes down, <laughs> which, which helped. So um, I think as much time as they can get together, they, they do uh, <clears throat> and get ready for, again, get ready for camp. What's the sense right now, Andy, from Patrick's standpoint, just watching him with the new guys, how might this feel to you watching him versus 2018, obviously, as a first-time starter, and now obviously 2019 coming back? Yeah, well, you got to see the progress they made throughout uh, the, the off-season program. And um, I liked what I saw. Uh, do we still have room to grow? Absolutely. Uh, but um, further ahead than I had anticipated they would be uh, at this point. Um, I, I like the, the guys that we've brought in. They have a feel for space, and I'm I always worried about that just a bit, but they, they did a nice job. And this camp is all passing. Right? We, don't, we don't run the ball. So uh, it gives you a bit of an idea in the pass game what the guys are capable of. And I, you know, I like that. I just think more reps. We just keep, keep the reps up like we do during camp, and that, that addition will help us. I know we've asked you this before, but just because we won't get you for five weeks, things still progressing well when it comes to your conversations with Orlando and, and how that's going. Yeah, so I'm not doing a whole lot of conversing with him, but um, Brett and his crew are. And so, um, you know, as long as they're talking, these things don't ever happen overnight. That's not how it works. <clears throat> so, but they'll work through it. And um, I know both sides will handle it the right way and, and, and come to a you know, a spot there that's good for both both Orlando and the team. What does Frank Clark miss by not being here? I think he's a veteran, right? But uh, what is he missing by not being here? Yeah, well, you know, you have a you have a new coach at that spot. So, I mean, if you had to pick one thing out, that that would be it. He, he's a smart guy. He'll he'll catch up on everything. Um, he's normally in pretty good shape physically, so um, he'll get back into the swing. And you know, he's he's talked to people up here, so. Knows what's going on. There was a report he was excused. He was excused for the child. Yeah. yeah.
Coach Shot McGuffey left practice early the other day. Any concerns that he, he won't be or he will be ready for, for the start of camp? Yeah, he'll, he'll be ready for camp, yeah. yeah. Does the same go for Josh Gordon? We yeah. saw him. Yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, that one that was he came out on the better end of that, so and that could have been so. Joshua Williams no concern long term there either. I don't think so, no. I think the guys, I think we'll, you know, for the most part, we'll have everybody back without getting into all the injuries. But. With, um, with Orlando, um, how would you just assess the way, obviously, he never played full season at left tackle. How would you just assess this difference between week one and week 17 last year? Yeah, so I thought he, um, I thought he got better. <clears throat> um, again, he's a young guy, so there's plenty of room to, to grow, and he's wired the right way to do that. You know, to attack um, that, and so I know he's been working out and uh, doing the things he, he needs to do to get himself ready for camp. So, um, you know, but but you know, he, he's a young guy that is new to the position, is on you know on the rise. Where I, w- I would hope, yeah. I, I, I understand. Um, I don't really want to ask you guys to sort of negotiate against yourselves here, but how, how key is he to, to what you guys are able to do? Yeah, um, well, we had a good one there before with Fish, and so, um, you know, we, we did pretty good with him too. So, there, um, but he, he was a nice addition to, to the group, yeah. It's also a big day for Kansas City sports, for the city in general, learning if they'll have World Cup games here. Being obviously part of the whole soccer scene as well, how big of a deal is that, or would it be to have that here in KC? Yeah, no, that'd be great. That, that, <clears throat> I, I like soccer, believe it or not. I mean, I like, I know I'm not built like a soccer player, but I, <clears throat> I wasn't built like a quarterback coach either, right? <laughs> so, uh, but I, uh, I, I enjoy the sport. Uh, I have a ton of respect for those guys and the amount of work that goes into it. And um, I know how fond the Hunt family is of soccer and how much it, you know, means to them. So, uh, and then the city of Kansas City is. They're, they love soccer too, so um, we would definitely have a great turnout there. I know, great support. With so many new faces in the in the offense at, at the skill positions like MBS and Juju, just how would you assess the foundation that you guys were able to build these past few weeks ahead of camp? Yeah, I really like the way those two worked. Um, they've they've got a nice connection <clears throat> with Pat <clears throat> up to this point. I'll be curious to see how it gets when the you know when live bullets and all that stuff. So. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that rolls, but I, I wouldn't expect anything much different than what I've been saying. Um, and, and the other guys, too, that have worked in there. You know, McColl uh, has upped his game uh, here and, um, and done a nice job. And our, our young kid, Sky, he mixed in there has been good. <clears throat> so I, I like the mixture that we, we've got going. You, you, you guys rotated a lot of cornerbacks this week, and some of that is also because of Rashad and, and Trent going through uh, little things. But I just wonder, was there anybody in the cornerback group that sort of, you know, been a nice surprise, someone that you're sort of eager to see how they look in training camp? Yeah, I'm kind of, uh, collectively, I'm, ex- I'm excited to see them. There's so many new faces right there. I'm, I'm excited to see them all. They're, they all have a chance. So I think it's, uh, I think it'll be good competition there. I'm not saying anybody absolutely uh, jumped out or fell fell apart. So I, I would just tell you that uh, they're, they're, it's a pretty tight group, and we'll see how see how it goes when things get going.
Adam. You, know, you uh, talked about Sky Moore. He was obviously late to practice just the last week or so. Did you learn anything about him in that short time you had him on the field? Yeah, you know what I mean? He looks strong. He, he looks, uh, he's, I mean, you see that the way he's built physically, but that, that's, that transfers. Um, you see those 10 hands that he has, he catches everything. Um, and uh, he's a good route runner, he's a smart kid, seemed to pick it up well. Andy, Chris Jones had mentioned yesterday about how that AFC Championship game sticks with him. Do you get that sense from some of the guys that are returning that, that that's gotten a lot more motivated going into this season? Yeah, I, I mentioned this to the guys before we left, just that uh, after last season, I'm saying. Um, was that if we all can look in the mirror and be accountable and not point the finger at the other guy, I think uh, that becomes important in that type of situation. And um, we all could have done better. I know Chris took that to heart, <clears throat> and um, I think he explained that to you guys uh, on what he said. So, um, uh, and that's, that's what makes you better. You, you just grow from that. You take that experience. That's another one for him, even as a veteran player. It's one more thing that he can grow from, and we all we all should have some of that. Couple more guys. How much can you learn about Darian Kennard or George Karloftis when, when you can't really hit yet? And how much more do you expect to learn once you actually get to St. Jim? Yeah, I listen. I mean, you can see George's motor, um, Kennard. You can see his uh, built athletic ability, feet. But we're not. You know, we pull off right on contact there. So it's um, and then there's no run game. Everything's passed. So, uh, but but you see that there there's talent there. Um, but for the bigs, you got to get in. You got to get the pads on. Coach, I hate to be the person to ask this again, but this podcast that Tyreek Hill dropped now, I'm assuming you either heard it or they told you some things that were said in there. Just your thoughts about anything that you heard in that podcast? I love Tyreek. So I mean, he's a good kid. We we think the world of him. Again, that was Kansas City Chiefs head coach Andy Reid speaking to the media yesterday, talking about OTAs and mini camps, the guys conditioning. All things seem to be pointing in a very positive direction for the Chiefs. So that is a great sign, at least for this juncture in the summer, very early in the, the offseason still. Uh, training camp still a little bit more than a month away and preseason about not quite two months so plenty of things to still shake out in between now and then but always great to hear the the musings of andy reed throughout the off season uh, we'll take another quick break here from the next tech wireless studios but when we return we will wrap up your work week here on in the zone on sports radio 1150 ksal <laughs> Welcome back into the Next Tech Wireless Studios here at KSAL. This is In the Zone on 1150 KSAL and 106.7 FM for your Friday. Hope things are starting to cool down for you in our area. I know it's been unseasonably warm here lately, which, I mean, I know it's summer, but boy, it's been a steamy one the last couple of days. So wherever you're at, hopefully you are cool and maybe cracking and nice good cold beverage it's friday so hey you know no judgment right it's it's definitely after five if you're hearing this so at least you could take solace in in that it's you know almost six now so everybody should be off work and ready for a great weekend here in our area 
not a lot of time left in our show today, but the luxury we do have is that one of the best sports spectacles um, of the year is officially underway. The College Baseball World Series is ready and rolling. Got underway with Texas A&M and Oklahoma earlier this afternoon from TD Ameritrade Ballpark up in Omaha. Uh, There will be plenty more action where that came from into tonight and the rest of the weekend. So we'll keep an eye on all of that. But um, if you're unfamiliar with the college baseball scene these days, I mean, it's been a pretty wild couple of weeks. The The regionals were actually pretty, pretty tame, where most of the higher seeds did advance with the exception of a couple here and there. Uh, but the Super Regionals last weekend, that's where all the craziness really started to unravel. Oklahoma, uh, who who's playing today against Texas A&M, who uh, was up uh, early on them, I, I believe, I don't have the score in front of me, but they were up like eight to three really early and kind of cruised to a win. But um, Oklahoma is a team that has been red hot lately. They were not that most of the season, but they upset uh, a big, a really, really good uh, Virginia Tech team in the Super Regionals. I think Virginia Tech was like the second or third national seed and they knocked him off in three games and and took him down and uh texas is a ninth in the country and they've been playing really well but tonight they're taking on notre dame who's one of the bigger stories but not perhaps the biggest notre dame just knocked off the 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 giant so to speak of college baseball in tennessee who was number one in the country the number one overall seed a team that started the year 31 and one and notre dame played them in knoxville and beat them in the best of three super regional series two games to one and and one game three games one and three but game three as well um neither were particularly close in those they really just kind of commanded the volunteers a team that uh typically has really solid pitching but notre dame's red hot bats uh knocked them off and they're in the college world series they'll take on texas tonight and then tomorrow we'll have the second half with Arkansas, who's another team that's kind of jumped onto the scene here lately, but they're taking on the number two national seed in Stanford. And then Auburn, who's number 14 seed uh, nationally, will take on Ole Miss, their conference foe. But Ole Miss is your big story in the College World Series over the next uh, week or so to keep an eye on. They were the 64th team into the field for college baseball's national tournament 64 teams get in 16 regionals of four teams they were the last team allowed in a regular season record uh just above like 500 i i want to say they were uh uh, like 32 and 20 or something so they weren't bad but they certainly were just barely good enough to get into the NCAA tournament. And here they are into the College World Series, kind of a Cinderella run of sorts. So really cool to see that. But all those games will be on ESPN or ESPN2. Um, And hey, it's summer. So if you've got some time, I highly recommend getting up to Omaha and taking in a couple of games. You don't have to have, you know, a dog in the fight to enjoy the College Baseball World Series. It's one of the cooler spectacles in all of sports. It's just constant baseball. In the Ballpark Village, there's restaurants and and bars and tents and 
lots of things. There's a big festival that goes along with it. So hey, if you've got some free time and you're looking for something to do the next couple of days, why not run up to Omaha and take in the College Baseball World Series? It's not that far from us if you just get in the car and head that direction. So highly, highly recommend it. Uh, but that's where my eyes will be over the next few days for sure because it is so much fun and it's happening all day long. And if you're a regular listener of our show, you know how I feel about sports throughout the workday. I'll have that on in the background for sure throughout next week. But we are running out of time on the show today. It's been a pretty fun and exciting week, uh, but... Uh, it's only going to get better. We're working again on getting Jerome Tang on our show, but he's been so dang busy with recruiting that he hadn't been able to join us this week like we had originally thought, but all signs are pointing to next week, and that's looking really exciting. Cannot wait to get him on the show for you guys to listen to what he has to say and to give him a platform to kind of share the message about K-State basketball and the new era of that program and who they're bringing in and what they can all bring to the table and what he expects to see from them as well as what we can expect to see from them not only this first season but into the future with the Jerome Tang regime so we're working on that so hopefully he can uh, join us next week but uh, busy busy guys he's been pulling in recruits through the transfer portal left and right the last couple of days so uh Hopefully we can get him on next week, but we'll also have next week and a little tease for you on Tuesday. We'll be joined by Ryan Stewart, the new athletics director at Salina South High School. He is succeeding Ken Stonebreaker, who we had on a few weeks ago to celebrate his retirement. Uh, but we'll get Mr. Stewart on and, and just get to know him a little bit better uh, here next week on Tuesday. So lots of things to look forward to in the very near future. Uh, but in the meantime, I am Jackson Schneider. Thanks so much for tuning in throughout the week and, and today. Uh, have a great weekend. Have a safe and fun weekend. Stay cool. We'll see you on Monday at 515 here on 1150 KSAL. This is In the Zone.